I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, welcome back to Soul Sisters. We are here at the Chord Club, me and my favorite co-host of all time. Yay, hey Jesse. Hi, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm great. Um, it's a Saturday, which is an unusual day for us to record. Never get this luxury. No, it feels a little looser. It's nice. Yeah, it feels like there's no clock again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we came in today because we had the lucky opportunity of snagging Rumor Willis, who is in town very briefly for her stint at the Cafe Carlisle. Um, she lives in LA, but she's here performing for a few nights this week. And uh, we saw her sing and she was amazing. She was amazing. And we accosted her at the bar afterwards mm-hmm. and we said, we host a podcast that you yeah. should be on. It's called Soul Sisters. You should be on yeah. it. Yeah. And she humored us and said, yeah, sure. And then we followed up and it actually happened. So yeah, lesson to you Great kids. Day. Yeah, go Never for it. Never be afraid. That's the good. That's the lesson. What's the worst go that can happen? Right. They don't come to your nothing. podcast. The worst that can happen is nothing. The worst that could happen is you spend all of Saturday You've- in bed. Right. <laughs> or is that the best thing? No, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, but it's, it was know, a win-win situation. It was wonderful. And, and her friend Ty is wonderful and it, they just made it happen. So it was a great conversation. It was. So yeah, I could go on about the feelings that we both had from watching her perform. We were on the side and I, from watching videos today, I was like, oh man, I wish we had a better view because she's just a wonderful performer. And, but we had, uh, we're complaining about our seats at the Carlisle. Not complaining. It was in the it, pinnacle. <laughs> it's a very fortunate thing. It was like, it's the best New York night out, but, um, no, we got super just, profile. We got super profile, and yet we were still bowled over. Totally <laughs> exactly. Over, so she's amazing she's from amazing. any part of the room that you sit in. Yeah. So so she popped in and she talked to us about that and her whole life growing up with her parentals, who you may know are Bruce Willis and Demi Moore, um, mm. and what it was like being in that kind of household and dealing with all the attention that that brought. And she still has managed to become a super cool, super down to earth, super cool. Yeah. Human being. Yeah. Who has an amazing voice. So so let's get to our chat with Rumor Willis. Let's do it. Let's talk. Start us okay, off. I can't believe that this is happening because <laughs> <laughs> we had the privilege of coming to the show. At the Carlisle. At the Carlisle. The prestigious Cafe Carlisle on New York's all, Upper East Side. Right. <laughs> Famed room. Delightful night out that you can think of. It's such a New York night. Uh-huh. And Jesse invited me to come. And I'm of course gonna say yes because it's so wonderful. <laughs> but I didn't know, and I knew who you were, but I didn't know, I didn't look you up much. So I went in kind of Twin blind. cold. Yeah. That's the best way Which to do it. Which is the best way, and yeah. that's so unusual now to like not, it's like so easy and tempting to always know everything about everything. <laughs> totally. You know, it's like it would have taken a click for me to be like, oh, that's her music, that's her mm-hmm. vibe, like anything. <laughs> and, but I'm so glad I didn't because we get there and it's like, you know, it's a tiny room. It's a small, intimate, legendary cabaret yeah. room, which we adore that vibe. But it's like, all right, show me what you got. It's like, <laughs> yeah. and you won and us you both over. We were um, just totally enchanted the entire time. And that's, and that's like not an easy thing to do. So yeah. And like, we you. thought yeah. you we probably like, wouldn't have time to come in here while you were in New York. Right. But I, 
remember leaning over to you and being like, it's two bags. I feel like we'd have fun together. Oh, man. Yeah, no, like, I think so we'd have a good time with rumor awesome. that time. <laughs> right. Yeah. By then, we're like, all right, we're going to just go over to her and make this happen yeah. because this is like too good. And like from your voice to your stage presence and your sincerity and like every everything about your performance was just like really winning. So, oh, yeah. so happy so to have you here. here. Thank yeah. you. I'm so stoked to be here. And the New York Times review. Holy oh shit. Oh my God. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, wow. So great. I was stoked. I had no idea and would never in a million years have thought that, you know, that kind of would have come out of that. I was telling my roommate Ty that I'm used to playing in clubs maybe at night where, you know, half the people are listening and then the other half are either drunk or maybe trying to hand you shots while you're singing. And <laughs> yeah. Like, Cause I you did Sayers club jazz. for a yeah, while, right? Totally. Like, yeah. That's a very different, very vibe. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun and it's, you know, it's very kind of raucous and awesome, but yeah, that's like a club night out, like yeah. clubbing. It's, club. definitely and a it's, little the, bit it's like a rock club. I don't know it so much. Is it like, yeah, I mean, most of the, I always tried to, you know, play more jazz songs and people would kind of just look at you like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, pick it yeah, up. Let's go. Come on, come on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would try to start the show maybe around 10 and, you know, people wouldn't even end up getting there until midnight. And so by that time, people are just having a good time. That's a long yeah. show, though. Yeah. But so yeah. music. Well, no, we would, I mean, we would, do like we, I would try to start at 10, but then we would just wait for people to come in and actually get in there and yeah. so you know everyone likes to be fashionably late sure so we wouldn't start until midnight and then it's maybe you know like 1 or one thirty. I'm like man I gotta wake up tomorrow I gotta, <laughs> I gotta work I gotta uh-huh. do stuff so this so. was uh, like a couple years ago already now yeah. that it was a residency basically you did yeah. for a couple years it's fun though I think I might actually try and uh, start it back up again when I get to LA and hopefully try and do the the earlier crowd and see if I yeah. can make it <laughs> Now I saw you do the Baz Luhrmann show at Rockwell. Oh man, that's, that's so when cool. I discovered you could sing because <laughs> someone invited me to that, and I was like, "What? I don't know. I liked Romeo and Juliet, but I don't understand what the show is going to be." <laughs> and then it was like a mashup of all songs from his movies, and you were so good. And I was like, Thank "Oh, you. it's so nice that I can go back to work tomorrow." I'd be like, "She was good, <laughs> right?" That's always good. Always that's like, such well, a. You went to a show and. Like actually great. Yeah, it's like that's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's like when I take people to your shows and they're like, they're actually good. (laughs) Like my friend can talk to her. Yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, right. That was a big relief. Um, What is this Baz Luhrmann thing again? We we talked about it briefly, but it sounds so cool. Yeah, remember you describe it. Yeah, basically, I was with kind of this company called For the Record, and we would take uh, different directors and then take some of their movies and put the scenes from the movies and then the songs from the soundtrack and kind of almost tell a story, but it would flip flop between scenes. And so we did, I think Baz Luhrmann, Tarantino, um, John Hughes. And then before that, I think that they had done like Zemeckis and a couple of different other people. It was really cool. In one show, combine all of those directors and uh, their music? No, just one, no, 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 one, one, director, show, per one show. director per show. Yeah. And then we From would run all that. different movies. Yeah. So it would be like, would there be acting it out or was it just. Oh, totally. Singing? We would okay. do the songs, you it's know, like or, or, we would do, yeah, we, oh exactly. God. We would do the scenes from the this movies. Like the greatest. It was pretty awesome. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually doing something like that when I get home. Um, it's not with the same company, but, um, Ty, my, my best friend, my roommate is actually directing it and it's, the unauthorized musical parody of The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> oh my God. It's yes. really epic. Yes. I went and saw it. I've seen it a bunch of times now. It's so funny and so brilliant. And Wait, did he awesome. write the music? We just, he, we took songs from, you know, either songs that kind of play in a funny way to the scenes uh-huh. or, you know, just different things to kind of really put it together. Some of the songs are from the soundtrack and okay. some of them aren't. It's just, it's so funny and hilarious. And are awesome. you the Anne Hathaway? Yeah. I was okay. gunning for the Meryl Streep role, but you know. <laughs> Not yet. Not, Not yet. There yeah. Yet. I got time. <laughs> yeah. Got to age into that one a little exactly. bit. Yeah. So home is LA for you. Yeah. I mean, although I keep finding myself back in New York within the past two years, so I, I kind of like the balance. I feel like I'm I'm here just That's enough good. to where I can get the kind of New York vibes and then I get to go home. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. So That's the dream. That's yeah. my dream. Yeah. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. yeah. Especially on days like today. Yeah. It's pretty cold it's out there. Pretty gross. Yeah. It's pretty New York today. <laughs> but you're here for this show and then yeah. doing other things also, or is it mainly the Carlisle? Uh, I was mostly just for this show and then... Funny enough, I ended up just meeting a couple people and talking to friends that I might come back out at some point and do different shows around the city. But 
I gotta come home. I think I've been away for about a month now, so I'm I'm ready to go home ready and be home. in my own bed, yeah. see my dogs. Yeah. Oh. So you're recording an album now too, right? Yeah, with Linda Perry. Very cool. She's amazing. So where in the process are you with that? We started, I would say, maybe a year and a half ago, and we're just kind of throwing things together, and and then right in the middle of us kind of recording we had a couple songs I got dancing with the stars and so I mean after that got a little busy yeah (laughs) my life kind of you know took control at that point and and then I ended up coming here to do Chicago and so it's kind of been a whirlwind I haven't really had time to go back in and write again but I'm hoping that this year I'll have a little bit more time to get back in there and really focus on music yeah so much stuff so many things how is she she's incredible you know it's so funny everyone always you know asks she's says like oh she's so intimidating and is she is she really hardcore and for me I guess I maybe have had a different experience I don't know I just think that she's one of those people that's so incredibly talented not just in her own right as a musician but the way that she writes music and the mm-hmm. way that she writes songs and the way that she works with whoever you know the musician that she's working with she has this kind of incredible ability to really keep you honest in your music mm-hmm. and pull out incredible things. I mean, I remember being in the studio one day and she was just, she had just played a little something on the piano and we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, that's cool. And then she just said, all right, well, just start singing, just, you know, whatever comes to your mind. And we ended up writing, you know, one of my favorite songs and it's a very kind of almost um, cathartic thing for whatever you're you're kind of going through, even if you go back and then end up changing stuff or, or reworking it. It's, uh-huh. it's a really cool experience to work with her. That's awesome. I used to live in West Hollywood and I would see her and Sarah Gilbert around a lot and I would yeah. just always watch them like, they look like the coolest couple. I just want to go over like, hey neighbors. They are, but man, I just always badass. creeped on them from afar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is, is that all original material that you guys are doing yeah. on that album? Okay. Yeah, wow. I mean, I'd, I'd love at some point, I think, to do um, an album with a, maybe a couple covers on it mm-hmm. or something like that just because I'm... I think it's a cool way to kind of show and pay homage to, you know, the mm-hmm. people that inspired you and the people that you like. Yeah. Like you're set at the Carlisle. Right. Very much which so. Which is yeah. a very eclectic mix, but somehow <laughs> all fit together at the right. same time. I want to sort of build up to how did that happen since that's sort of where we're Are at. Are taking us back? I, wanna, I, I know. I've been dwelling too much in now. <laughs> take us back. Take us back. <laughs> um, you were born in Kentucky. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so we could go all the way there and then grew up. In Idaho? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I grew so up in Idaho. How is that? We don't have to tell the whole story, but I mean, from like what age to when did what, like was your upbringing in Idaho? So basically, we, my sisters and I grew up there, and I went there, I would say, full time probably from about kindergarten to fifth grade. And it's amazing. It's probably one of the most beautiful places ever. And, and the winters are incredible because it's just perfect snow and it's a, I grew up in a kind of small little ski town and and then in the summer it's incredible I remember what some of my favorite times is they do a whole rodeo and a parade on July 4th and it's just it's awesome it's wow. like so small town just yeah. kind of Americana it's just yeah. the opposite of what I would have thought that you know completely yeah. grown up in Hollywood and all of that but that's but it, small but are town. there a lot of transplants from the Hollywood realm who live there or was it legitimately um, you guys were the oddballs growing up in this small no I think town? a lot of people kind of went there yeah. more so to vacation that. I think yeah. that mm-hmm. you know during the winter seasons it gets really busy and people come out to ski yeah but I was traveling you know I would go we would go and travel with my parents right. when they were on set. So we would spend, you know, maybe two or three months in school there and then go on set with them and do our school work with a tutor and do all that. So it was cool. You know, I, I had a very kind of random upbringing, but I got to see and experience so many awesome places and meet so many cool people. And it's, it's one of those things that I really appreciate because I know that it's a very random and probably not necessarily normal, but uh-huh. kind of traditional kind of way of growing up. But it was amazing. I feel like I've, I'm have i so grateful and lucky to have been able to have traveled so many places and yeah, seen so totally. many cool things. So um, inspiring. But did it have any negative ramifications? Because that can kind of cut either way for people. That like uprooting, uh, making I'm new friends. I'm very bad at basic math. Yeah, okay. I still have to count <laughs> well, on my hands sometimes. Math is afraid. <laughs> That's fine. But there's just like little things, you know, that you kind of miss in, in class like that. And I would say... I definitely found that I had a tendency to have my friends be more adult and older than me uh-huh. when I was growing up because I think I was just around 
more adults than, than kids my age. And I think, you know, kind of through that, I had a really hard time kind of connecting with my peers and, and figuring out, you know, what, what the kind of way or how to be cool, I guess, if you can put it that way. Uh I guess that's, you know, part of why I think some of the stuff that I talk about in the show at Carlisle is, you know, I, I was joking in the show the other night that I feel like nowadays you have to have a rule book for dating of, mm-hmm. you know, how to kind of play the games and do all this. And I mm-hmm. feel like maybe I just kind of missed, that was one of the kind of lessons that I missed. <laughs> I don't know who gets there. it. Every, I think it's just always going to be a tricky, impossible thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that resonated so much. It was a very honest and sort of like very vulnerable, <laughs> like ways of putting yourself out there, but it was so relatable and so real. And like, and all of the music you chose really complemented those very, very, just relatable things. So yeah, no, that's not a, it's a tough room to be that honest in also because it's a, it's a mixed group. It tends to be older, although I don't know if it was at your show, but, uh, it's been a mix the past past three shows, but that's that's why I kind of, even without thinking, you know, when I was putting the set list together and I kind of realized talking to the musical director, James, that it kind of was about love. And that was kind of the thesis statement that I kind of realized was that it, what it was about because you know I thought regardless of where you've come from and whether or not you've grown up like me or wherever you're from and that it's something that everybody struggles with and I feel like especially now in this generation where everything is so instantaneous and everything is you know our attention span is so short and there's so many different ways to connect with people that it's really hard I feel like to have genuine human connection and actually take the time to go all right, let me actually spend the time to get to know you. Let me find out who you are before I make a choice, whether or not I like you or not, or whether or not, you know, I'm going to go home with you. You know what I mean? I feel like now it's like you, people get about five seconds and you gotta have to present yourself and go, all right, here I am. And if, you know, that doesn't work, then it's kind of, you're thrown out with yeah. trash. And then on top of that, you're someone who's very Googleable. So that adds a whole (laughs) nother layer to it. I mean, I, yeah, Yeah, which is why I was, I was, it's a good move to just refrain when you can and just make up, make up. Yeah. Just, yeah. just take the time. You're going to meet somebody you don't yeah. like necessarily Google them like right away, <laughs> which is well, hard for our generation. Yeah, I mean, you, you get a, an image then of, mm-hmm. of not necessarily who they are, but of what, what the media has kind of created. Yeah. Whether or not it's, you know, stories that are told about you or, or whatever it is. And it's, it's unfortunately kind of one of those things where you don't really have control over it always. And then if you try and defend it or, or kind of, you know, go out against it and say, actually, that's not the case, then it ends up looking even worse. Losing so, battle. Yeah. yeah, man, you can't totally. win that way. <laughs> no, 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 no. But do you feel like you've been preparing or just sort of in the spotlight in a way for so many years that now that it's sort of about your career that you're prepared or that you've... That, that somehow that gives um, you an advantage or did you, or do you just look at it and say, it's always going to be what it is or it's a mix, you know, because I, I think for me, what I got frustrated with when I was, I would say maybe anywhere from like 16 to 20 and I was getting a little bit older and people, you know, I would have paparazzi come and take photos of me and you know, when I was 18 and I started working a little bit, say on either like independent movies or doing random television shows here and there, nothing huge that, you know, everybody would know. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit frustrated because I felt like I was getting so much more attention than what I had earned from the work that I had done, if that makes sense. And so then of course to the outside world, it looks like, why, who cares? Like, why is this girl getting attention? She's yeah. not doing anything. She's, you know, she's just the famous kid of somebody. Right. So there was that aspect of it, but then also... I feel like that whole world and media and kind of the whole paparazzi realm has really actually changed even since I was a little kid. I mean, I remember, you know, people would come and try and take photographs of of me and and my family when we would go out. But it was always much more from an observational, there was still a certain level of kind of respect. There's a little distance. Yeah, and, and just a level of of kind of human decency of going, okay, you know, these are your children. These are not going to invade your privacy or, or even, you know, try to engage you or get a reaction out of you. And I feel like nowadays it's just turned into this thing where, you know, it's become where they're involved and they actually want to egg you on. They want to get a reaction and Mm -hmm. they want to see you with their phone in your face. They want to watch you fall down the stairs or get out of a car and have your underwear show. And I just, to me, I find that to be 
a little bit aggressive and invasive. I think yeah. I completely understand if you have made a choice to be in this line of work and in the public eye that that comes with a certain level of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. But I think that there should just be a kind of standard for respect of, you know, this is whether it's, you know, this is my home or there right. should just be certain boundaries. If I'm at work or I'm out, that's one thing. But yeah. if I'm at my house or I'm doing something that's not, you know, human decency. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, that's just not really around anymore. But, you know, it is what it is. And you, I think you can either make a choice to let that really cripple and define you and not really want to go out or you mm-hmm. can just go, you know. Mm-hmm. It is what it is yeah. and it's yeah. all good. How do you make that decision? I Sometimes I think about how crippling that would be for me. I would just be paranoid all the time. Yeah. I mean, do you, I guess you just have to push it out. I mean, it sucks. You know, I can't walk out on the street in my pajamas anymore, but, right. you know, <laughs> it's... There are bigger hardships as far as it like, goes. Yeah, yeah it's like, you know, it's like okay. there's, there's just a, a certain level then I think of a heightened awareness yeah. of yeah. of how you say present yourself, but there's also sometimes no control. You know, this this article came out about me the other day that my friend sent me that I was laughing so hard in it. The headline was like, "Rumor broken lonely how she's lost her four million dollar fortune." <laughs> Oh, and I posted it on my Instagram because I just was laughing there at it so go. hard. Uh, right, owning yeah. it. Yeah. Like appropriation. I was like, listen, if I had known that I had $4 million <laughs> that I had spent, I would have been more than happy to waste it and, you know, lose it. And they were like, she's just been partying and shopping and going on all these vacations. And You're like, I wish. I was like, yeah, I wish. I've, I've been right. working pretty much every day for the last year and a half. And if I had had time to actually do all that, that would have been awesome. I would have oh loved God. that. But, you know, it's just crazy. The like, slow news days. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind, you know, if they're going to kind of go off something that's truth and, and yeah. twist it a little bit, but I'm like, wow, there really must not be going on a lot in the world if y'all can just figure out a way that yeah. that's the news story of the day. I mean, has it come and gone for you in waves, the media attention throughout your life? Like, as your parents are more or less in the news, then does that tend to like throw the spotlight back on you? There's definitely times, I think, when it it's a little bit crazier. I remember, you know, there've been certain times where they've literally been camped outside my house every day yeah. to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm buying groceries, you guys, like I'm, I'm not doing but anything. She's just like us. So what's in your grocery bag? Exactly. <laughs> and that can be a little bit invasive. You yeah. know, I think again, it's just, there's, there's a certain level of, of kind of invasion and, and, and a lack of respect because again, they want, People want to know, they want, you know, the story, they want to see, you know, if you're going to be breaking down crying at the, at the grocery store or buying gas or whatever it is. And it's just, it's a lie, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and now in my head, I'm hearing people be like, oh, boo hoo, poor famous people. But of the course. point is like, I don't, I don't think from the little I know about you and your life, you didn't set out to be famous. You were born to a certain family and now you're pursuing your art and your career, which is putting you back in a spotlight, but it's not your intention. You're not like a socialite whose aim in life was to become famous, in which case I would maybe feel a little less bad, but (laughs) the things that you're genuinely doing in your life are bringing you attention. Right. Which is cool. The first introduction for me was the Carlisle, which is such a, you really have to work and hone and a craft and be talented yeah. at it yeah. and have a really like That's legit like a vision <laughs> yeah I mean and it's not to say that all the other things that you I mean you've we'll talk about all the other stuff too but it's like from that vantage point you are a hard worker and you like have a vision of it so to so to be now I feel I, I'm saying like to be in, in the spotlight and in the media for that it's probably a new sort of fun or Oh, most definitely. I mean, this year has like been a crazy, 2015 yeah. was like the year, which it is really just was. like amazing. And it's, and it's interesting, you know, like, and I, and I no way, you know, kind of want to, you know, kind of put down uh, media in a certain sense because I found even so, uh, especially after being on Dancing with the Stars, I love having, you know, outlets like say Twitter or Instagram to be able to connect with my fans because that that's what I like. I think that that that's is the blessing of it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's because I want to be able to reach out to people. I want to be those people that, you know, are saying, Oh, boohoo, poor little rich girl, whatever it is. Uh-huh. I want to be like, Hey, listen, you know what? If you give me five minutes and, and I can get to know you and we can have a conversation or whatever, and you can, I can show you who I am. And then if you still don't like me, <laughs> right. you know That's what? Right. All good. Right. Like, yeah. Do you, whatever <laughs> it is. But I think that was one of the coolest things about being on Dancing with the Stars was just having a platform to be able to 
show people and and have my voice and mm-hmm. my kind of perspective be heard for the first time and really give people an opportunity to know who I am and where I'm coming from that was a, in a way that was completely unbiased and without, you know, someone else looking in yeah. and their opinion on it. So Did you watch that show before you were on it? A little bit, back and forth, but uh-huh. I'd never I wasn't ever a hardcore kind of diehard fan of it. Yeah. And I went to a live taping and I just kind of was blown away by what everybody did and and so they ended up actually asking me that next season to kind of be on it and I was so gung-ho for it I was all about it and now I you know I'm, I'm such a huge fan of the show now yeah. I try and go whenever I can yeah were I'm you sure. a dancer before like I mean oh, no. clearly you're Please, <laughs> literally not at all. No, I mean I, I could move and I have. This is the rhythm. time you feel really bad about yourself. No. <laughs> yes, because holy crap. So you, but you had gone to. So I'm just gonna go back a little further. Yeah, you had gone to Interlochen. Is that right? Yeah. Which is that just strictly music or is it? No, it's like um, it's like a mini Juilliard. I would say they have everything from writing majors to visual arts to then theater and dance and all of that. And the first year I went there, I was. Um, an opera major and then the year after that I did theater and then I came back to school in LA. So how old were you at that time when you were doing that? I was 14. I was the only freshman opera major. (laughs) I was terrified. Why opera? (laughs) How did that come into your life? Uh, You know when I was growing up in Idaho I was a part of a music conservatory and you know when you're growing up in a small town like that there are very kind of few and limited options in terms of creative outlets and Uh You know, what I'd always been told is if you really want to be a singer and, and work on all of that, then you should be classically trained. And that's really how to kind of hone your skills. And so I, you know, just thought, okay, why not? I'll right. try this. And mm-hmm. it's definitely not necessarily the music that I would want to sing all the time now, but I feel like that's definitely helped in just in terms of... It's the best training. I mean, yeah. It's classical 100%, training. Yeah. Exactly. And what were you listening to at that time as a kid or what was inspiring to you? Um, you know, I have to say my musical taste, I think, comes completely from my dad and he has such a cool kind of eclectic taste of music. I was always listening to a lot of jazz and really kind of, I'd say, random versions of like the coasters and I would listen to all kind of like the Beatles, the Stones, all of that old school rock, but then, you know, really cool funky Motown and and a lot of cool blues and and I, I really fell in love. I think I have a kind of soft spot for a lot of music with horns. Like when oh. someone just can, can wail. Yeah, it's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. I love it. I get so excited. Did anyone else in your family play music when you were growing up? Was, were people playing in the um, house at all? No, I mean, my dad plays harmonica. Oh, really? Yeah, really cool. well, actually. <laughs> That's very impressive well. when yeah. someone can really play harmonica. It's awesome. It's I mean, harder than it's you so think. Random. It's very hard. <laughs> I know, it's so it's random. So... But I remember seeing him, you know, play shows. And uh, and so I was always kind of surrounded by music. And, yeah. and my mom definitely had a lot of music, kind of fun stuff too. But it was just because I think from when we were so little, my sisters and I were all such kind of performers we would always you know put on shows in the living room and Uh make everybody sit down and pay us a dollar to watch the show (laughs) hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Smart. Yeah, yeah right. entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right. Exactly, trying to work it out. <laughs> uh-huh. So I think that... So it was like a musical theater vibe yeah, at that time? Yeah, kinda? I mean, you know, we would just sing whatever songs maybe that my dad had, had done. You know, we... Scout and Tulu and I used to do Smokey Joe's Cafe all the time. <laughs> and I think that they were just such huge supporters of really kind of letting that 
part of our personalities flourish. So it was cool. I've, I always felt really supported in my family to really go after, you know, kind of my creative outlets that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And did you see yourself as a music person foremost or just all around performer? Like, how do you see yourself in that way? You know, I don't know. I, I feel like it's really changed now, at least. I I used to always kind of, lo- I've always loved singing and mm-hmm. I think that that's probably the thing that I'm, I most naturally drift towards. But I never, when I was growing up, I didn't really know exactly how I wanted to put myself out there mm-hmm. in that sense. You know, I didn't know if, if the kind of classic making a record, going on tour, doing that whole thing was, was necessarily right for me. And so I think also because in a certain way, I've always kind of held it so precious and I really wanted to put it out there in the right way because I do know that it comes with an extra set of scrutiny because mm-hmm. when you know people try and flip-flop and say I'm an actor I'm a singer that they're right. just on top of already you know a bunch of stuff they <laughs> yeah. kind of tend to get a little bit more scrutiny that way mm-hmm. so I think I've constantly been trying to figure that out but you know in the future I feel like I want to find a way to really incorporate even dance now. I, I really fell in love with it last year, and if I could find you know a kind of perfect job that comes <laughs> right. to all of that, I think it, yeah, I think it's happening. Yeah, I, mean, I think you have. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so singing, so you were taking voice lessons, and that was clearly yeah. like you understood that about your performance, and then you s- sort of veered away from opera at a certain point, and then um, I went to. Uh, I, I left school. I left the boarding school and then I came to uh, school in LA because my family had moved out here or I mean out to LA and uh, and I went to, I graduated and I, I went to college at USC for about a semester and I just didn't really feel like it was for me. I felt really like there wasn't a lot of creative things that I wanted to do. And so I asked my mom, I said, all right, well, what if I kind of create my own college? I said, I don't, I don't want to I'm not asking to just quit school and sit at the house all day and do nothing. I, uh, you know, I, I want to actually do stuff. So I left and I started taking um, piano and voice lessons twice cool. a week. And I worked at Marc Jacobs as a, really? yeah. Cool. Um, and then I- Like in their it, office or in a store? Oh no, in the store. Really? Selling clothes. Oh yeah. Because I wanted to, I needed to make my own money, you know? And They're were you like, pretty anonymous doing that? No, I think people kind of people, know. people kind of would come Shock in and be some like, customers. Be like, Do you I working? know you? <laughs> but I had a great time, and I think that was it. Was really important for me to be able to make my own money and mm-hmm. and be independent because I didn't want to get stuck in that kind of grind of of just not doing anything with my life and kind of being yeah. okay with status quo and I and finding that kind of drive to and motivation so I was doing that and then I was also auditioning at was, the time for movies and stuff mm-hmm. was it a uh, classical voice or more like jazz lessons um, you were taking at that time? it was more just kind of technique and and you know generally we weren't necessarily always singing stuff but just really working on you know you usually in a voice lesson unless there's like a, a specific song I would say that you want to work on it's usually just about kind of warming your voice up and, sure. and learning how to do that and kind of hearing different placement of things and so I was doing that and then I ended up I was I got a you know small part in this independent film and from there I kind of just started working a little bit more as an actor and on and off and doing stuff like that and so how was that grind for you the auditioning and the it's tough yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely tough and you really have to want it Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things that it's definitely not something for the lighthearted because you go in there and and if you don't get a part then you immediately feel like it's about you yeah and it takes it took me at least a very long time to realize that it really has actually nothing to do with you yeah, they could have you a know million factors. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. so many things. I mean, you could literally look like one of the executive producers' ex-wives, <laughs> and then right. you're like, "Oh no, definitely not that girl." Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, or they already cast a brunette, so they can't have exactly. two brunettes. <laughs> or you're too tall you're too for tall, the guy to cast. Short. Yeah, exactly. whatever it yeah. is. So, but acting is definitely something that you really have to want, especially just because there's so many talented people, mm-hmm. and it's it's just fun. You know, I I love doing it, and I've feel so grateful that I've had so many opportunities to actually do that and you know I just I kind of am working this year on hoping to find more projects like that and fun things that challenge me Mm -hmm. yeah and then at some point you start putting together a show for the Sayers Club 
Sarah's Club? Yeah, the Sarah's Club. I just wanted <laughs> Good to... Good job, New Yorker. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I just wanted to find more outlets to saying I had felt, you know, like I was really missing that piece. And I had a couple friends that, you know, were in the band there and, and played. And so they have a night where the, it's not really like an open mic night, but they have people come up and have a bunch of different singers and... One night they just kind of said, hey, do you want to sing something? And I was like, okay, all right, well, I'll try it out. And I did, and I had a great time. It was a great, you know, kind of vibe. And Is that the first time you were performing live? Uh, yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, and it was cool. I loved it. And it was yeah. such a, the band was amazing, and they really kind of understood the kind of music that I wanted to play. And so I started getting up and would do maybe two or three songs on a different night that they did, and... And then eventually I just said, hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to put on a show that's a bit more of a different vibe, that's kind of more jazzy, and could we put this on a, a particular night? And mm-hmm. so I kind of had a standing kind of spot so every cool. week, and it was it's, awesome. And, and having that standing spot, I mean, like it takes, what do they say, 10,000 hours of practice. So it's like, yeah. and like how many hours of being on stage to get comfortable? So having that show, was it Most weekly definitely. or monthly or something? Or uh, It was every week. I mean, that's just the best. Just like, it was great. And I feel like that really helped me understand a little bit more about kind of having stage presence and, yeah. and really connecting with the audience because you can get lost behind the microphone very much so and really kind of get nervous in, in your own world that way. And when you're in a, a bigger arena or a bigger stage, I think it's easier to be a little bit quieter, but especially, you know, in a place like Carlisle where you literally have people who are just <laughs> in your face. right up in your, your face. face. Yeah. It's really intimate and it's very kind of, I mean, it's a very kind of naked stage, I would say. You know, you really have to... You can hear the knives scraping right. the plates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you what, uh, of the sort of venues that you've played now, Broadway, theater, Dancing with the Stars, national television, and Carlisle... I have a guess of which one would be, which sounds the most intimidating to me, but do, like which one like of you those should write it down the, and then we'll compare. Yeah. Like which to you feels the most like nerve wracking kind of performance. Um, they're so different. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> when different. are you the most scared? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that doing something like the Carlisle is definitely the most intimidating because it's, there's, you know, there's not the sequins. You're not, you're not dancing. You're really, yeah. I think to have a successful show at a place like that, you really have to share a part of yourself with the audience and you really have to, um, allow yourself to be vulnerable, which can be very difficult and be willing to kind of have the faith that you're sitting with an audience that is going to be receptive to that and Mm -hmm. wants to see that part of you because you can go play a show and maybe people aren't going to pay attention and maybe people won't like what you're doing or whatever it is. So you have to really be open to whatever they're going to give back to you. But I have to say of the three shows so far, I've been so unbelievably and pleasantly surprised by the warmth and and the attentiveness and the reception of the audience because you can really tell Mm -hmm. that they're so engaged and they want to, they want to be a part of the story that you're telling. They Uh want to, hear what you have to say and and you guys are right the the audience can be varied I don't know you know I didn't know if the things that I had to say would necessarily connect with people or that they would you know kind of like that the things (laughs) that I had to say but they were and it was awesome and the things that I thought maybe hit one type of audience ended up hitting a much kind of broader scope than I thought. So yeah. it, was, it was cool. It, it reminds me of doing stand up, like what I've heard of doing stand up. You know, like the audience could just turn on you at some point on a given <laughs> yeah. night, or like your songs don't land, like your jokes wouldn't land, and, and you just know it, and you just got to get you through the night and on to the next gig. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that hasn't happened yet, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. far, I've been lucky. But yeah. it's such a, it's a funny, kind of run because it's so short. I mean, it's something that you put so much heart and soul into and then it's so short and then it's over. I bet you wonder like, oh, I could keep doing this or are you like, whew, glad that's over. <laughs> Come back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think because, you know, I, I'd done 54 Below last right. year and, oh, cool. and that was my first kind of entrance into the cabaret kind of scene. So mm. to then 
and I did that tie and I did the show together. And so it's a lot different when you have someone else to kind of banter back and forth with. Yeah. But tell us about Ty for a second, because I know there's a lot of misinformation about him. I know. <laughs> Which he is amazing. Is, um, Ty is my roommate and I would say probably my life partner and my gay husband. Mm. And he's quite a few times been mistaken as my <laughs> boyfriend. So obviously there's been a few mistakes of uh, fact checking, but you know, it's okay. Uh-huh. Couldn't think of anybody better. And you but, met doing for the record? Yeah. He was um, helping out with the show and we just became friends and, and he's, his lease was up at the place that he was staying. And so then I have, I have five dogs and oh, which is, I know, which is quite a bit. And I was working a lot more and, and he needed a place to kind of move. And, and I thought, oh, you know, I have, I have a room. And if you, you know, if you wouldn't mind kind of helping me out with the dogs occasionally and we can kind of basically play house if you want. It's a dream. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Totally dream. And now he works with you in all ways. You guys were working together. Yeah. I mean, he came out here with me when I was doing Chicago and really helped me out because I was not prepared for that kind of rigorous schedule and then he uh when I got back to LA he has been directing and and working on the shows uh at the Rockwell and then I told him that I was doing this show and I said listen this is such a weird new world for me (laughs) could you you know kind of come and help me out and he's he's incredible he's a champion there's no way that I would have been able to throw this show together without him yeah and on top of that he's an insane singer and so incredibly right. talented and right and you guys an awesome did class person. together it was yeah amazing, huh? <laughs> it's awesome <So> from Chicago <laughs> yeah let's talk about Chicago because I'm surprised that you didn't say that that was the most intimidating place to perform Not so far Oddly, like I, I think so I would nervous. have thought Lee, of, of the three Dancing with the Stars, Broadway, and Tiny Cabaret Room. I would have thought Broadway. Uh, no, I would have thought Broadway oh, least really as well because you're so supported by other people. Yeah, it's so it's a machine that run, not that not that it's not incredibly intimidating. No, but of it's, course, it's, but, it's but been it's, around. It's, it's been around. You're you're not alone in any way. Even where Dancing with the Stars, first of all, you're on television. Second of all, you're doing something that's live. <laughs> It's two Broadway's of you. Live, guys. Broadway's live. Broadway is live, <laughs> but it's not television, right? And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess I don't know. Broadway you're professional. I don't know. I feel like I barely breathe when I watch a Broadway show because I'm so <laughs> really? nervous. Yeah, it's like uh-huh. it's so impressive to me that they can pull that off without a hitch. Usually, night after night. I'm it's not like a, a miracle to me. I'm not a Dancing with the Stars person, but I've been watching some clips and like that looks terrifying. Especially <laughs> knowing scary. that you weren't a dancer, which I really need to get back to because I kind of don't <laughs> believe it because it's like the dance moves that you were doing. And then we can talk about Chicago more, but how did that happen? If you weren't a dancer, you weren't known as a dancer, you went to a live taping and they're just like, Oh, like you well, seem like asked, the perfect. They had asked me to do it a couple of years before. And Are, is there any criteria as far as like, <laughs> no, 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 ability? no, no, not at all. And they'd asked me to do a couple of years before. But you can't be horrible or it would be Well, you probably go in and show, show right? You, right, they would Oh, no, they don't audition you. you at all. It's just leap of faith? Oh, yeah. You, wow. Well, that's why they have Some the, people, the pros, though. You yeah, know what I mean? right. Like, that's what I think is part of what makes them so incredible because not only are they teaching you, uh-huh. they're your partner, and they're choreographing every dance that you do. Wow. So are so they, they so good you. that even if you were terrible, they would make you passable on that show? Like, I don't think it worked um, for me. I would not. <laughs> you know, I think when you're going into a show like that, I think it really depends on what you want to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll, what I'll did you want to get out of it? Where were you at the time, the like in your life? So, so like, take, tell us a little story. I've taken a few ballet classes. I think I've maybe taken one hip hop class. And I think the ballet classes. Is that what you were hoping to hear? Uh, like, like, I knew but, it. But when I Two say, when I say I took okay. one hip hop class, I mean, I went to one. <laughs> Hip hop class, not like I took it like for a while. Sixty minutes, of yeah, my life. sixty minutes. That was it. Okay, but you're like you dance, like you go. I mean, not, I mean, I go you're out. Not a you classical know. dancer, but you move. You like go to you the. Got moves. You go out. You yeah, got if moves. I went now, like I know how to shake a little bit. But <laughs> the show that we were doing, actually, the for the record show, um, one of Baz Luhrmann's films, Strictly Ballroom, is about ballroom mm, dancing. That's right. So, I did maybe a few moves, and nothing compared to what I did on the show, but that's kind of where I got a little bit interested because I mean, I was crap, 
by the way. Like I did not dance. Might you know? I'd like shake a little bit, maybe. In but, what? No. In, what? In, in the for the record, sure. Crap, okay. crap is not accurate. I saw it. It's not accurate. <laughs> but, but that's you know, very humble of you to but say. It's, it's very different and not at all on the same level. And so I just kind of wanted to learn how to dance a little bit more. And so when I went in to the show, I said, okay, well. I want to dance. If nothing else, that's what I want to get out of this experience. Boot camp. Yeah. And I was willing to, you know, work my ass off for all yeah. intents and purposes. You know, I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to win. I wanted to do everything that I possibly could to become the best dancer I could. Because is it, is it, do they give you a schedule or is it up to you how long, how many hours you want to put in or um, like, how does it? it? It kind of depends. I mean, you do everywhere, anything from like four to six hours a day and then sometimes more towards the end, you know, when you're learning two dances in a week because you basically, you do the live show on Monday and then you have Tuesday to kind of learn, maybe listen to the song that you're doing for next week and maybe do a few moves and then your pro is kind of choreographing on Tuesday night and then Wednesday, Thursday, you are learning the dance and then by Friday, you have to tape um, what's called a wide so that, you know, you have to have your whole dance done basically by Friday so that the, they can see what they need to film for, for the live show. And then on Saturday, you are tweaking. And then Sunday, you have uh, camera blocking. And then Monday, and dress rehearsal show. in the shoes. And the then craziness. you do, when you get there on Monday, you get there maybe at like 6 a.m. and you do dress rehearsal or you do, you do a blocking rehearsal then dress rehearsal, and then the live show. One dress rehearsal? Yeah. Jesus Christ. And how many weeks? Uh, it's three months. Wow. Insane. So you can see your progress as a yeah. dancer. Oh, I mean, yeah. all of a sudden, like, you're not a dancer, and now you're a dancer. Now you're a straight-up dancer. But now what do you like, do with it? Well, like, you got uh, other skills. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm trying to find more ways. So <laughs> was Broadway brought to you during that time on the show? Yeah. I mean, I'd always... Chicago was one of the first shows I ever saw on Broadway, and so I was desperate to always be in it and I had reached out I think a couple times before and you know I don't think that they thought I was necessarily old enough or whatever it was and and then while I was doing after I did Dancing with the Stars they kind of reached out and said hey you know we'd we'd love to have her and and I went in and and did it and I think maybe the reason it wasn't so scary for me is to a certain extent like you said it's a show that a has been running so long that there really is a kind of built-in audience. And then on top of that, the amazing outpouring of support I got when I was doing Dancing with the Stars. I mean, I have the most incredible fans in the world. They are so amazing. I had a girl named Danice who literally last night came to see my show and was on a bus for a day and a half <laughs> from Houston just to come and see the show. Oh my God. Whoa. And what else is there? Yeah, That's you know what amazing. I mean? Just like these these girls are, are so amazing and so incredible and to just hear how much me talking about my story and what I went through and how much that affected them and helped them was was so cool. How so. did you connect with her? Did she reach out to you? Like how did she break through the the so um, I talk to, to a lot of them on Twitter. You do? Um, yeah. yeah. Like you'll talk back. They'll, yeah, they'll yeah. Tweet we'll either tweet back or, or, you know, kind of message each other or whatever it is. And You'll take that time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they do so much. I have so much incredible fan art, too, like that they've painted or made. And, and I mean, this whole time I've, I've been doing the show out here, they're posting every day about people, you know, come, come see the show Aww. and everything. And it's just, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. Amazing. You know, so I've I've been so lucky that way to have a group of people that are so supportive. And so by the time I went and did Chicago, I guess it just it wasn't that daunting to me because I've already sang a bunch. I've already, you know, I've I've done the acting and and the dancing stuff was, you know, definitely not as crazy or complicated <laughs> right. as in the show. So by sure. that time, but never singing and dancing at the same time was that a feat? Um, yes and no. I mean. The dancing that you, because I think that they've had so many different people do the show, they really build it around your kind of comfort zone. And the what choreography you can, do. can change. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's the same and, and a staple, but you know, some parts might be a little bit more dancey. But in general, the music isn't something that's so out of the range you know it's not like i'm i'm trying to sing defying gravity every night right? <laughs> and trying to do you but know it's a, a lot. tango it's number. wordy and it's you know it's a lot it and it's storytelling um, 
the moves are But I, I mean, I did a lot of musical theater when I was a kid at summer camps and stuff like that. So okay. I guess, I don't know why. It just, it, by the time it I, yeah, yeah, by the yeah. time I got yeah, there, yeah. I was like, this is cool. I got this. All right. Okay. If you've done musical theater, then, 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 then yeah, yeah, you've done it. Okay. Yeah. But in school. No, and but in no, Broadway. I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm asking it as if like singing and dancing together yeah, is a yeah, very right. hard thing. No, it's like you did. That's what. But yeah. did you have to get vocally trained in a different way for Broadway? I think the only thing for me that was different um, is just about uh, being loud and, and not acting mm-hmm. for, you know, say like a close up or for a camera. You really have to project a little bit more, especially when you're speaking. Yeah. Um, so that was, I would say, probably the only thing that was a little tricky. But even also like singing and dancing, I did that a bunch in the further record shows. Right. So by that time, you know, and uh, yeah, we don't really have a <laughs> chorus. So yeah, again, it's, right. Even all of the preparing. events, I would say, of the past two years, I think really helped me kind of prepare for what's gone down this year. So mm-hmm. I've been really lucky in that yeah. way. You know, everything's kind of fell into place in a way that has really set me up to kind of do all this. Yeah. And how have you handled it emotionally? (laughs) Has it been pretty even for you? Sounds like a lot Uh, of stuff to bounce between. I was, by the time I was done with Chicago, I was exhausted because I literally, I don't think I had stopped working since, because I started rehearsals for Dancing with the Stars almost a year ago. Maybe I think I started around... February. Mm-hmm. And so from February to November, I basically had maybe a week off. And in between that, I had um, I had a foot injury. I had two really bad stress fractures on my foot. Oof. That From what? Um, just from dancing a lot. And yeah. um, I think I just probably wasn't taking good enough care of myself <laughs> and sleeping enough. Because right after I did um, the show... I uh, I went and I did the Dancing with the Stars tour, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. I did um, Sway Show, which is a show that Val, my partner, put on with his family and their kind of dance team. And and so then I went straight from that, and then I think I had like a three day trip to China in between, and then was flying back with a hurt foot and going into rehearsals for Chicago with my foot still in a boot. Wow. And, you know, so it was a lot. Um, <coughs> but I have to say, I don't think I've ever been happier than when I'm working. I yeah, I think my personality is one that does okay. much better when I have stuff. Need to be productive. On. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and don't get me wrong, I'm really good at chilling on the couch and, and binge watching. You know, amazing Netflix shows or whatever. In between, right? Yeah, you know. So when I do mm-hmm. get those chances, I love it. But I'm I'm so grateful to have work. You know, I would rather be working and be so tired because I'm working than. Yeah, be frustrated because I'm not. Mm -hmm. So, so when you go back to LA, are you going to chill out for a little bit? Uh, mm, No, probably probably not. not. Um, (laughs) I'm flying back. um, I think this week, and then I'm starting rehearsals for to go into Devil Wears Prada, and then I have a couple other things going on. So it's kind of nonstop. Yeah, you shot Hello Again. Yeah. Oh, right. I did that too. Is that done? <laughs> I did that right after uh, Chicago. Which is funny. <laughs> I, <about> that. <laughs> so oh, I, I heard that. I thought of uh, the Shelley Long movie. I know. Movie with I did too. I was Burns. like, I hope it's a. Oh my God. Which I don't, I feel like nobody knows that movie. I'm surprised you do. But um, it's not that. It's about, it's, all, awesome it's, a, yeah, it's like all these different love stories. Yeah. And it's from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. All the way and, to present day. Okay. And then. You just shot that as a film, so that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. It's the first, um, it's the first musical movie I've ever done, which is definitely weird. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy because you're recording everything. Yeah, you record then, everything in the studio, but you know they really wanted to have a lot of us singing live for it. So there is a lot of just you know live singing, and you have a little like earwig in your ear and you're like what is happening <laughs> okay here we go um but there, are, awesome. there aren't many of those anymore so i know it's, it's exciting so, i love it yeah it's yeah. very exciting it's so fun and I, I saw a teaser for it the other day and it looks absolutely stunning yeah i mean is there it, a release date i'm not entirely sure of that yeah i should find out and i'll let okay. you guys know Thanks. but <laughs> the just everything from the music to the cast that they put together and some of the cinematography is and the set design is just it looks stunning. So I'm uh, I'm really excited to see how it turned out. Yeah. So fun. Are you a musical theater nerd in general? 
a little bit. I, I don't, I feel like I can't quite call myself that because okay. I feel like the true and genuine <laughs> musical theater nerds would probably be offended. You have my head for it. But thankfully, Ty's, you know, been educating me <laughs> uh-huh. quite a bit. We actually went and saw um, Shuffle Along the other night. Mm. And the, Is that with Audra McDonald? Yeah. And the Tonys on that stage alone. I mean, I was <laughs> I, I was crying like half the show and just kept looking over to him with my mouth basically on the ground, just like tears coming out of my eyes, just going, what is happening? <laughs> How is this happening? This is so amazing. Oh my God. That's so cool. it's hard. Like I, I was out here for four months when I was doing Chicago and I think I got to see maybe two other shows. And oh yeah. When yeah. You're on a, yeah. When you're on a schedule like that. So, I mean, how did that schedule compare to the uh, dancing with the stars? I mean, that's a non, they're both nonstop. Was yeah. It, I mean, more exhausting or more physically. Um, it's, it's different. Yes and no. I think, you know, I was much more physically active for more hours, probably doing dancing with the stars and learning a new skill. But in terms of the schedule of performing, the, I would say the hardest part isn't necessarily physically on your body. I got used to working out that much and, and dancing and, you know, the acting stuff. But I think singing eight shows a week is difficult because if you're tired, you can act. If you're if you have sleepy, a headache, if you, or have a headache headache, you can dance, you right. can make it work. Yeah. You know, you just get out there and you push through. But if you're singing and your voice goes... There's nothing to be done. You know, I had I had a sinus infection twice during the show and I had to oh call God. out for I think maybe two shows and I felt That's terrible. It. Yeah, but I felt awful because yeah. people, you know, yeah, no. people were crazy upset and I was like, listen, if I could speak right now, I literally <laughs> I went to my my, you know, my voice coach and everything. I couldn't even my vocal cords like wouldn't even touch to make oh, sound. Man. So, it's oh, been scary. It was just frustrating because, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things that, again, it's like you have no control over it I want to I always wonder like when you when a person gets into that situation of a Broadway show eight shows a week like is there someone like there should be someone like assigned to you like I will protect your voice like you should only <laughs> like you should just speak this much and drink this and take this just and like put them in a bubble like but right, that's what they like, do the people that you know have it as kind of lifetime careers because that's what I think makes it so exhausting and, and so hard because when you have the whole day before the show it's not like you can go and be talking or screaming or running around. And if you do have a night off, it's not like you can go out and be out. And I mean, even if you drink, it's not even if you're out talking even loudly yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Right. Not That's what our, our first guest on the show, Susan Tedeschi, was telling us. She was like, you can stay up all night drinking, but then you need to go to bed and sleep. Like you can literally do anything, yeah. but you need to sleep you or you, sleep. you won't have a voice. And it also depends on what kind of sound you want to come out the next day. True. If you're doing Broadway. Well, yeah. People are expecting it's you to sound. Them the blues. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 But then the songs that you get to sing as Roxy is like, oh my God. It's really fun. That's a great show. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Um, well, now I'm feeling guilty that you're talking so much before you have two shows. <laughs> two so, shows tonight. Yep. Oh, wow. Is yeah. this the last night? Yep. Grand finale. Oh, thank you for being here. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, okay. So you're working on the new album. So we will look for that yeah, in the coming year. I hope we'll so. Say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in uh, the movie and I don't know what else. Who knows? I mean, if you're in LA and, and you're around, you can come to the Rockwell and, and see Devil Wears That's Prada. Right. It should be really funny. When is that? Um, I have to look at the exact dates, but I think... Um, the time of year. Um, it's coming up in, the, in like the next two weeks, I think, okay. at the end of April. Perfect. Um, I think any, I think around like the week of April 22nd or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And um, and then, yeah, who knows? I mean, I feel like there's there's going to be a lot more. I'm just not entirely sure exactly what's going to happen. That's a great thing. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why we get up every day. Right. Just to exactly. find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, Thanks you so much. much. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. Awesome. Then that's night shall lose So the Bible says And it still is new Mama may have And Papa may have 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.